dear friends, welcome to this week's banter, which, as you notice, is a replay. I'm sure some of you are looking forward to my discussion on feedback, but to be honest, once I started working on that episode, I realized that I myself have not made room for feedback lately. I published my first Tango Banter on January 28th, 2022, and since then I have only skipped a couple of weeks. The rest of the time I have managed to put out a fresh episode every single week, and of course, I mean, I'm pretty proud of this. Don't get me wrong. I know other people are also impressed, but the danger of committing to something rigorous like this and being somewhat of a perfectionist, which I'm sure some of you relate to. The result of this is that I rarely pause and review what I have done. (laughs) I'm always looking towards the next thing I have to do, the next thing I need to accomplish. And so I keep thinking that I'm going to be able to do both, make fresh new content every week and also review and analyze my performance of my content. And it just hasn't happened. Really, it it really hasn't happened, no matter how much I try to schedule it or, or make room for it. It's just really hard to do both, you know. At this point, I realized that I kind of had to stop and reflect on what I have done over the past year and a half. And, you know, in tango, one of the most difficult things is to watch yourself dance on video for the first time. It's so terrifying and cringy. Well, in the world of content creating, the equivalent of that is called reading your analytics. Just saying the words, reading your analytics, makes me cringe. But this is the form of feedback that I know that I absolutely need as a content creator if I want to succeed. This is just, there's no way around it. So uh, this is where we're at. Um, I'm kind of realizing that I can't do both. I have to take some time away from creating content and just sort of look back at what, what's been working, what is, what is resonating with people and what's not. So I am taking a little time off to study uh, all of this because obviously like as I'm trying to actually do the thing of assessing analytics, I actually have to learn how to do it, which is, you know, people have been saying to me that they just think I'm so good at this. (laughs) They think that um, it comes naturally to me that I'm somehow more gifted than them. But honestly, it's not that easy for me. I, it, it's a lot of work. 
I'm also preparing for a wedding, <laughs> which is officially in one month. That's a little crazy. But while I'm away, I will be resharing some of my favorite banters and I will also continue to have my live, my live banters that go on in my private Facebook group. So if you're not in my Facebook group yet, please click on the link in the show notes and go ahead and join. And in the meantime, I would also love to hear from you. Please share with me what have been your favorite episodes and why have you been applying any of my advice and getting results? That's been really fun for me to find out. Uh, some of you have shared that you've tried out some of the tips and you've really been able to experience Tango in a new way. So I love hearing those stories. You can share those on social media with me. Just send me a DM or Facebook message at I am so tango. So let us kick off this whole journey of looking back and reflecting uh, with the tango banter number eight. Uh, this one I think is a good one to do since I'm getting married. As I mentioned, I'm getting married in a month, uh, which is kind of crazy. Okay. It's, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, but I want to let you know also that if you happen to be in LA, November 2nd, we will be uh, celebrating at Oxygen Tango. Uh, they have a malanga there from 8 to midnight. And if you would like to join the celebration and uh, come give us a hug in person, uh, feel free to join in. So on November 2nd at Oxygen Tango, the link to that is also in the show notes. If, if you have questions, you can reach out to me. Now, another reason why I think this episode is important. Okay, it's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> so I recently accidentally realized that for the past year, over a year, I haven't been getting notifications about messages that people have been submitting to me on my website. I thought I had it set up this way, but it wasn't set up. I basically had all these messages from months and months and months ago, and I didn't know they were there. So first of all, I am so sorry if you had sent me a message and I did not respond at any point, I apologize. I it is not because I don't want to. A lot of times it's because I just miss it or forget. <laughs> that also happens. So please make sure you reach out to me again. And so one of the things I noticed about these comments, so many of them were about the idea of dating uh, in tango, the difficulties, the challenges, the emotional hurdles of that. So I want to revisit this topic. And in addition to apologizing <laughs> to all of those 
listeners who reached out and, and shared their stories with me, and I might not have responded, I want to also ask how it's going. Those of you still in the dating relationship in tango, how are you doing with it? What's, what's hard? What have you learned? What's working? What's not working? Or maybe everything's working and you're like getting married like I am. There, there's like so many weddings recently I've noticed. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, how did that happen? You know, I would love to hear from you. So here we go. Episode number eight of the Tango Banter, why you shouldn't date within tango, but you'll do it anyway. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tango Banter. I'm Elizaveta and I'm so grateful that you're listening right now. I know you could be doing lots of other things and there's a lot of awesome things out there to listen to. But um, you choosing to spend this time with me means a lot. And I do want you to think that I'm just there talking with you because that's where the idea for this podcast came from. I noticed I spent so much time at the Milonga talking to people about different things, about different issues. And I had noticed that there were certain things that were always present in conversation. And yet, those were not things discussed at large. And I think eventually, I really felt like it's time to start calling out the big elephant in the room, you know? And um, so the conversation continues through this medium where my intention is to unpack and reveal something that's in plain sight, something that's already happening for the purpose of creating a change and inviting creative solutions or inviting awareness. But really change is at the heart of, of my endeavors because I feel that tango is a, a gift and social tango has such a purpose in our lives, individually and collectively, and there's so much that it offers. And yet, there are so many things that trip us up, and we struggle in this very human way to allow tango to serve the purpose that it needs to serve in our lives, allowing us to feel good about ourselves, to to connect with others, to succeed in whatever capacity we want as dancers. So few of us actually get to experience that. And I feel like that can change. I, I hope that can change. So here we are once again bantering about some really obvious um, issues in the tango world. and. Today's one is probably the center of my life, has been the center of my life for many years, and that is the question of dating inside tango. Talking about a white fluffy elephant in the room. Am I right? I mean, 
tango is notorious for different types of drama related to romantic entanglements. And yet we're not really talking about it openly and it's all very hush-hush. And so here I am pulling it out into the open because I myself have had a long history <laughs> with this uh, idea because I've been dating inside the tango world for the past decade, really, since I started. I actually started tango because I was after a guy. So I'll tell you that in just a second. Um, so relationships are inevitable in tango. So, uh, you know, when you first come in to tango and you ask whether it's a good idea, nobody's going to tell you it's a great idea. I wouldn't. I would be like, don't do it. Just if you want your life to remain simple, if you want to just stay in this wonderful place where tango is itself, it's its own little thing in your life, and then your life, you know, everything else is separate. That's easier. But it's hard to say not to do it because it's almost like it's inevitable. If you're a single person coming into tango, maybe, you know, a certain age groups will experience tango differently, but I would say it, go it goes across age groups too. Like it's not really limited to just younger people, but I would say it's inevitable that something will happen, whether it's a fling or an affair or a romance or relationship or marriage and then maybe divorce and kids, like all of that is happening all the time. And in fact, something that's kind of obvious, but nobody's really naming it. But have you noticed that most professional couples are also romantic couples? There are very few that I've met that don't have that element. So, you know, that's part of the image. It's part of its mythology. So it's inevitable. So I'm going to give you a rundown of my experience with this issue and give you some suggestions on how to navigate through this very sometimes perilous journey. Um, you know, what to watch out for and how to keep it good, right? Like how to avoid the drama, how to make the best of it. Because as I frequently say, with tango relationships, when it's good, like when it's really good, both people are solid and the tango is good. Like it's really amazing. It's an amazing experience to be so connected with someone and have that and that passion of the dance in there and having the romantic part of it in there. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful. But when it's not good, it is absolute hell. Like there's no in between ground. It's, it's so traumatic and uncomfortable and there's so much, it's just clumsy and dirty and emotionally disheartening and depressing and it's like every every color 
of every depressing emotion you can imagine. That's possible if, if the tango relationship, the romantic part of it doesn't work well. So my story begins in tango with this pursuit I had of a young man. And um, I really didn't care about tango. I cared about meeting him and being around him. And we ended up having a relationship. So tango was kind of there at the beginning and it sparked our connection more or less. But very quickly, it really degenerated into a very immature and childlike behavior on both our parts because we weren't equipped. Uh, on my part, there was sometimes insecurity that led to jealousy and then, you know, you're out of the corner of your eye, you're watching if if your man is flirting with another woman and is she a better dancer than me? Like all of that stuff, right? So you're dealing with that. On his end, he's dealing with this, you know, being manly and being the leader and figuring out what to do with that. And then here I am and I'm stubborn as hell and I think I'm right all the time. So, uh, you know, our tango chemistry kind of degenerated. We stopped liking dancing with each other. And then eventually he actually left tango to my knowledge and I'm the one who really stuck with it. So, so tango really did not last very long in this context with this person. It was like tango kind of took over my life and and I kind of set him to the side. That's basically the, the short end of it. So then my next relationship was this incredibly romantic, everything you could ever want from the fantasy tango story. We met on the dance floor and it was like that the time stopped and I still so remember it so vividly when we met and I fell for him really hard, really fast. And it was super romantic. <laughs> I frequently say that I love the movie Dirty Dancing. Um, not as much as I used to because it's definitely aged, the messaging has aged, but growing up, Dirty Dancing was like the image of what I was fantasizing about for myself, like this idea of, oh my God, to just go into this world of dance and dance with people and then have this hot boyfriend who's this hot dancer, you know? Like, I totally was eating that up and I got to have it. Right, I'm, I was with this guy and he was a beautiful man. And, and our tango was just like embedded in our connection. He was a very ambitious tango dancer. I wasn't at the time and because of his ambition, I actually, my ambition was born. And so everything was tango, everything. Everything about our connection was tango. We talked about tango all the time. And then the tango dance itself was the thing that we did 
day in and day out, every single day, going out dancing. All of our relationships with friends were within the tango world. And there was definitely friction that started developing because all of these unsolved, unresolved emotional issues that I still had and he still had as a person becoming an adult, all of that came up. You know, tango is like this, this big mirror to me, you know, it's like, it just reflects back at you exactly where you are. And so for me, in addition to a lot of jealousy and insecurity, because I actually had a lot of hangups about my looks and he was very confident and he was very good looking. So to watch him walk in the room and all the women are looking at him and, and then him flirting with other women and him, you know, always listening, what is he going to say about such and such dancer? And how do I measure up? Am I good enough? Am I, can I be better? And constantly making lists of how I can be the dancer that he wants me to be so that he likes me, so that he stays with me. You know, this, this, this whole vortex, right? It kind of takes you over. And, and then on his part, you know, anytime that I began to kind of veer out on my own and create my own um, pathway to dance or dancing with other people, you know, that, that brought out his attachment and, and his jealousy and insecurity. And so we were kind of joined at the hip in some ways. You know, we did everything together. We went to Buenos Aires together in the end and spent six months there. And, and it was like, we were family, we were related, we were so close. We were romantic partners, we were dance partners, we were counselors to each other. And it got really, really messy. And we both, I think, intended well, but we were not prepared to handle the kinds of emotions that were coming up by ourselves. And that was, I think for me, one of the biggest lessons is, is this insight that you really shouldn't be by yourself with another person doing all of this work. Like you need friends, you need, you need other people to help you see things clearly. But we were just in this tunnel vision for a number of years and it was very hard to see clearly. So eventually there was all this drama and, you know, rushing out of the milonga in tears, having fights and jealousy and, and, you know, arguments about tango and who's the better dancer and who's getting better dances, dances. And I mean, it was just really um, difficult for, for both of us. And so that relationship eventually came to an end. It, it should have ended a lot faster. <laughs> Knowing what I know now and, know, and having lived through it, I, you know, I, I know I share this, this struggle with many women, uh, maybe even men, I don't know, actually, I haven't ever heard a man say it in this way, but women frequently say that I stayed in that connection, that relationship much longer than I should have, right? It's like, we've really tried to make it work for a lot longer and it's kind of obvious that things are not working. But so I had to like 
you know, go through that uh, slow halting of the relationship. And I ultimately, we parted, you know, on, on good terms and we're still uh, rather close and we're really good friends. And I know that, you know, he's a really important part of my life. But I know for a fact <laughs> I can't be in a relationship with that person. You know, it's like you just kind of learn that. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I was able to go through that experience and still be on good terms with my ex because that's not something that happens in tango very often either. Um, it's very painful to go through that process. And so the community loses a lot of dancers because of the breakups, right? Somebody breaks up with someone else and then it's like the community maybe is hostile, the whole environment is hostile and the person leaves and then leave, they leave tango altogether. So I do feel fortunate that I was able to go through the painful experience and then still retain a connection with him and hopefully, you know, I look forward to dancing with him again in the future. So I always think of this relationship as my rite of passage in certain ways, a woman. I think of it as um, like a training ground, a boot camp for the relationship that I'm in now. <laughs> um, I think of it as a building block for, for the life that I'm living now with my current partner, whom I met uh, also in tango, but in a completely different way. By the time I met my current partner, I was in this place of like, you know what? Fuck this. I might not meet anybody. I might be by myself. You know, maybe I'll never have that relationship. It's okay. It's fine. I'll be okay. You know, as long as I have good friends and I get good sex on the side, like I am good. And that was my philosophy and then within that kind of attitude there's this person that appears you know kind of on my periphery I don't even like I don't think he's my type I don't even understand him his sense of humor is kind of strange to me I'm kind of like wow, does this guy like me or something I mean I seriously was clueless and um, because I had such a solid center inside myself by this point you know I had been through this epic grinder I felt like I was chewed up and spit out and I was just just on the other side of like realizing that I don't really give a shit anymore and my attitude was just so kind of like whatever I don't care and because of that a friendship started and that friendship has now um, resulted in a relationship and we'll be celebrating our fifth year, uh, fifth year anniversary this year. Um, this might be actually four. Uh, no, it is fifth. Yeah, it is fifth. Yeah, sometimes I mess up on my math. He makes fun of me for that. <laughs> anyway, so the success of this relationship has really rested on going through all of that crap and <laughs> the 
previous relationships. So the building blocks were there. And the biggest contribution was that I really learned how to be myself. I had to. I had to kind of define myself so that I can break out of the relationship ultimately. So by the time I met my current partner, I had developed this really strong sense of who I was and what I wanted for my life. And in regards to tango, like what tango was to me and what I wanted it to be going forward. And so the biggest difference between my relationship before and now is that we have a very um, healthy and balanced relationship to tango and each other. Like one of the things that we do is we don't, we, we rarely actually dance with each other at the milonga and we don't have to like, we don't dance the first dance and we don't have to dance like comparsita and we're kind of like very detached to the point where a lot of times people don't even know that we're together. <laughs> and it's kind of intentional in our parts because I know that I need to have my tango to myself and I know he does too. And that we are able to give that to each other is, is that fruition, is, is that, I guess, consequence of wisdom that I developed through all of my other bad relationship experiences. So to just really be, allow the other person to experience tango as they want, to see your partner flirting and then joke with them about it and be like, oh yeah, so, and then what did they say, you know? And to have that, that playfulness around it and to, to feel that the dance is there always as a place of coming back and celebrating our love and our, our history together, that it's never a place of judgment or competition and of course it's not all like 100% rosy I'm not saying that I don't feel the emotions that we all feel sometimes the jealousy the hurt the, the anger like all of that stuff is there it never left it's just I guess that once you feel through those things multiple times and you kind of test and see what happens when you do what you kind of learn what to do and how to how to walk yourself through that experience so on the whole i feel that i am able to experience the success now because i experienced the the hardship and i i actually would love to have this conversation with more women who are having relationships within tango the the few conversations i've had have always been very fascinating and there's always some really great stories that come out of like how couples resolve the um the conflicts and the ultimately the guaranteed tension that tango can cause so yeah, reach out to me if you want to chat about it. Uh, you can reach out to me on social media at I'm So Tango or 
reach me by email, connect at imsantego.com. So I want to finish with kind of my, my three pieces of advice that I want to, I guess, give and share. Um, it's not exhaustive list. I mean, there's so many things that I'm sure some of you will uh, come up with as, as good philosophy and good strategy for dealing with these things. But here are my three that I really, looking at the world of tango now and hearing women share their, their struggles and going through my own stuff, this, these are the three that I feel have the most powerful impact uh, for those of us having to go through this experience of dating inside the tango world. So, number one, connect with other women. I cannot tell you how powerful that's been. For me, it's literally saved my life. I feel it's important to do the thing that women are known for doing really well, and that is talking. Talk. Talk to other women. Tell other women what you're going through. No matter how silly or stupid or wrong or whatever, like find somebody, find a woman in the tango community and share with them what you're going through. That's the first piece. The second piece is related. Learn to lead. And so when you learn to lead, you learn the other side of the equation and things don't seem as scary. So when you kind of know what it feels like as a leader to interact with women in that way where they are the receivers of your lead and you are putting out the energy, it's kind of like you're stepping into the guy's shoes and you kind of see it behind the scenes. So it demystifies a lot of the, a lot of the exchanges that you might read into. This happened to me a lot where I would just be like looking at my partner talking to a woman. I'm like, I bet they're scheming. <laughs> I bet they're, I bet he's thinking right now about how he's going to get in her pants because she's so much hotter than me, you know? And it's like, this is just crap that's just there. You know, we as women, we, co we carry it around collectively, individually, our history, you know, this is what we're dealing with. So when you lead socially and you, you kind of go through the process of just asking people to dance and you experience that, those moments of intimacy with other women, you kind of see what it's all about and it's not as scary as you think. And then the third thing is remember, remind yourself, write it down somewhere that the purpose of you getting into a relationship is not, especially in tango, is ultimately not for the sake of being 
with a particular person or to be in a relationship or not to be single. It's for you to become more empowered as a person, as a dancer. It's, it is there to serve you. And I know it sounds kind of, maybe it sounds kind of radical and maybe selfish, but really that's what, that's what tango taught me. Because when I take that perspective, when I really accept the responsibility that whatever is happening to me is not happening to me because of an outside force, it is because I'm saying yes to that. And the reason I'm saying yes to that can be whatever it is, but ultimately all of that experience that I'm going to go to through serves to empower me, to teach me to become a better version of myself. So if at the end of the, my experience of being in a romantic relationship, however long it lasts or whatever shape it takes, if at the end I'm single, it's not like I have failed. I have accumulated and transformed the experience in such a way that it empowers me. It, it's fed back into my life as a tool to further my purpose. So these three things are kind of the building blocks for thinking about how to approach your own journey into this. And maybe, I mean, I know some of you might be listening to it and you're not actually interested in dating in tango. And this is not even on your radar because you have other relationships outside of tango. You've already been with somebody. Totally understand. But for some of you, it is an issue. And I hope that all of us, in whatever shape or stage of relationship we are, at, that we really start to connect and talk to each other about it because a milonga and social tango in general is kind of like a big messy family. There's a lot of crap that can go on and it's through us sharing what we're going through, talking to each other, that we can protect each other. We can help each other because those of you who are wiser and have been around the block can help those of us coming up in the ranks and being wowed by all this amazing intimacy that tango brings. Um, and there's been a lot of misuse of that energy and that's, that's a hot topic for another podcast, but I am, I am going to bridge the subject of that later. But needless to say, I feel like it's time for us to make it okay to talk about it and make it kind of just a part of our understanding of what tango is. So I want to give you a chance also to connect with women regardless of whether you can connect with them in person. So if you are in a remote community and you don't have a lot of women that you can connect with. I would love for you to check out my Chicas del Tango online school and community 
because this is exactly the purpose of this online portal is to create another avenue for us to connect, to learn from each other, to support each other. So if you are living um, in a situation where you really need support, you need connection with other women, you know that, but somehow you have a hard time talking to people in a public space, you feel shy, you feel scared, whatever it might be, just know there is this resource that you can connect with um, me and other women virtually uh, on an ongoing basis. And that can be there as a source of support. So you can find all the details on my website at imsotango.com. Whew, I didn't think I was going to make it through that so elegantly. So I hope you enjoyed this little banter. I definitely ah, felt I had that feeling of, you know, when you dream of being naked in front of people and that feeling of uncomfortable. Yeah, like that's kind of how it felt for me right now. You know, this, this podcast is getting a little close to the vulnerable part of me. So... I um, I hope you, I guess, I hope my experience resonates with you in a way that's helpful. I will be chatting with you next week on the Tango Banter. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week.